Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to 49 Unbeaten, the official Arsenal Babble podcast. Welcome to episode number three. I'm Dan and with me I've got two other Arsenal Babble writers, Jack and Joel. Guys, how are you doing today? Yeah, no, good, thank you. Yeah, not Joel. bad, not bad, Frank. Frank for introduction, Dan. Good to be here. Honestly, first time on the pod, so I'm hoping to sort of make it a good episode, even despite our recent poor run of results. Yeah, great to have you, mate. Great to have you, mate. Um, we're just going to... Um, touch on uh, a couple of the last fixtures we faced. So we're going to start off with Burnley, uh, which finished 1-0 to Burnley. It was an extremely disappointing game. Um, Aubameyang scored no goal. And to rub salt in the wound, uh, Granite Xhaka got sent off for um, what can only be described as a, a needless incident. Um, guys, what did you think of the game? Um, I don't know. I think... We've had a recent run of results at home, poor on results, where we've sort of, I don't know, it's just been sort of very turgid, laboured performances. And I think the game against Burnley, it started off on such a good note with fans sort of coming back into the ground. We had 2,000 in. And um, I'm, I, was in, I was privileged enough to sort of be in the ground for that specific game as well against Burnley. And... Um, the mood was quite good before kickoff as well. We had the sort of supporters coming in, uh, clapping the fans, uh, the players. I'm sorry, and we started quite brightly. And I think I just remember two big Alex Lacazette chances. And as of as is the sort of the the form as of late, he keeps to, uh, he seems to keep spurning them as well. So yeah. the moment we didn't go in um, into halftime with a lead, and the more the game went on with our home run and recent results. It's just seen that the game was sort of coming away from us. So the moment Jack, Granite Jacker's red card came, it just sort of took the game away from us. And then from there, we all know what's happened. The Birmingham going go and results just, you know I mean, the result just went against us. But it was a result where it looked it, it looked to be going so differently. But I think when you're lacking confidence, everything just goes against you at once, I guess. Yeah, for sure. I do remember um, 
the big Alex Lacazette chance he had when uh, the ball was cut back to him and he just hesitated like, and he didn't attack the ball like a striker should do and yeah. a striker with confidence should do. Yeah. Um, Jack, what did you think of um, those chances? I think well, it's the lack of chances again. Yeah. It's, it's you know, it's, it, it's, it's been the story of our season so far. It's the lack of creativity and that spark. You know, Xhaka and El Nene, I think it's them two as a pairing sitting behind, obviously. Lacazette now in that in that almost number 10 position has sort of brought the best out of him in recent games. But there's still that lack of imagination that we used to have, you know, the likes of you know, Ozil and Cazorla. But you've got Danny Ceballos there, who has, you know, when he comes on, even against Southampton, when he, you know, when he played against Southampton, sure. we created more, we had more of an attacking purpose and a more imagine, um, more of a creative purpose going forward. But it's just that once again, you, you, you need to take those chances and Lacazette not taking them. You know, it, it, come back, it, it comes back and um, bites us. But, you know, it, 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 as you said, it seems, as you said, Joe, it's, you know, the game seems to be going one way and then, you know, knowing Arsenal, it goes the other. It's just, yeah. it's just disappointing again, really. Um, I think for me, I think the sign of where we're at as a team and uh, to the answer sort of um, development under Mikhail, Mikhail Arteta is like, for me anyway, um, I used to record watching Arsenal games um, not too long ago. And when we were behind, it used to feel like the goalkeeper would have to work um, endlessly to sort of keep a clean sheet or hold on to a result. We used to feel like there used to be an inevitable barrage of shots or a siege on goal. And I think to really express sort of where we're at as a team is like, we don't seem to be capable of doing that to any opposition or goalkeeper that comes to the Emirates. So the problem is, is that we lack clinicality with our chances and we don't, don't create chances. And that's a poor combination to have at home. And I think the startling thing about me is just how glaringly obvious sort of our game plan is in the sense of if we can't play it from the right or play it from the left because they're putting balls into the box, whether it's um, across the ground or whether it's in the air, we can't we can't break teams down for, uh, playing a low block through the middle. So I think that's where we're at as a team. And it's really sort of um, frustrating to know that we're an Arsenal team that just does not create and does not excite and can't score goals or can't really sort of seem to have a have a very fluent attacking performance, if I can put it any way at all. I, I was going to say, I, I really don't know what has happened. You know, since the end of last season, you see how we would go forward and how we'd create those chances. You know, bumming on the left, you know, made you know made the most out of him and, you know, his ability. You know, Tierney playing those balls to him. So, you know, we actually had a, we actually had a game plan. We had a game plan when we knew how to go forward. But it just seems we just, we just don't know where, I don't, I don't think the team knows where we're at at the moment. We don't, we don't know how to, as you said, we don't know how to create chances. We don't, I don't think we actually have an identity yet. Last season under Arteta, we had, I say, he has, I, I praise him so much for how much he has improved our defence. How, you know, we're not, we're still conceding goals, but we're not conceding as much as we were, you know, as you say, potentially under Emery and the last season of Wenger. Um, so he's improved in that aspect, but I think we have just lost a tiny bit of identity since the cup final. Yeah. Last season. Yeah. And since uh, the cup final, um, I think it's been really quite scary 
how quickly our level of football has gone from being, I remember, I don't know if you remember the first Aubameyang goal versus Man City, and we played it straight from Martinez right at the back all the way through to um, um, all the way through to Aubameyang's finish at the end. And it was just liquid football. It was Guardiola-esque where you're playing out from the back. And now we can't break down these teams at all. Yeah. Um, obviously, that game, Burnley, was a really disappointing uh, loss. Uh, really, it was a chance to capitalise on the people that were... Um, above us and then Joel just quickly um, for yourself as um, from a fan's perspective being able to go to the Emirates um, to watch that game what was your personal view on the the mood of the fans around the the ground um, mainly like after the game was it was it was it a sour kind of atmosphere um yeah uh, understandably so to be honest when Burnley come and get their first points ever against an Arsenal side in the Premier League and an un- uninspiring Burnley side like that, there were boos at the end of the ground, uh, at the end, sorry, at the ground, at the end of the game, and a lot of them. And I was tempted to join into the booing, but then I realised that this was an Arsenal team that actually did put a lot of effort in. It's just the quality that was lacking uh, mm-hmm. for me. But I think the fans appreciated that because even at the end, with all the boos, there were still fans that sort of stayed behind and applauded the players off the pitch and most notably for me Bakaya Saka got a big um, reception and I feel like if there's any sort of bright spark a silver lining to sort of the grey grey clouds that are looming over Arsenal right now it's Bakaya Saka's amazing sort of performances and I feel like to be that one player that gets the fans going at this moment in time I feel like he's been the one that is sort of been feeling he felt the love from the fans um in that particular game, but the rest of the players, uh, I'm not saying they were booed off, but I'm just saying that you wouldn't, you didn't necessarily feel like this was an Arsenal fan base that where I don't describe it. It's like there's, there's a ways to lose, and there's performances that can sort of instill or inspire a lot of sort of um, let's say like sympathy from the fans. And I don't think this was one of them, if you're not trying to say at all. And I think you felt them moving the ground, and I felt like I heard a lot of criticism on Twitter, notably, about the atmosphere at the ground. Uh, so not much has changed, even with the pandemic, about uh, the Emirates and the atmosphere and so on and so forth. But mm. um, I think, at me, for me, the atmosphere was good. But I always remember someone telling me that the fans can only react about what they're seeing in the pitch. And in the first half, there was a bit of noise being made by the Arsenal fans because the fact we were on top and we were creating chances. But as the second half on, um, went on, and as the chances became at a premium, um, Nick Pope barely had to do anything in, that, in the second half, really. And Jack got sent off. The mood just turned. And there was a booze that obviously greeted Aubameyang's own goal. Uh, like, abuse, like torrents of abuse, like, uh, went on to Grant Jacker after what he did because the VAR showed it on the screen. But then after that, um, once Aubameyang scored the own goal, it was fairly quiet, not going to lie to you. It was fairly quiet uh, because I think the fans were just basically stunned into silence until the final whistle. Bar the odd chance that went on, uh, went towards Pope's goal. Sure, sure. And then obviously, um, you, you mentioned Bukayo Saka. I think it's massive that um, he deserves the highest of praise. I think him, Gabriel, and Kieran Tierney, to name a few, have been our star performers of this season. And I'd say, especially, um, well, Gabriel, because he's won the Player of the Month award, like I think it's three months in a row now. But then uh, leading into the Saints game, uh, Southampton at home, 
Saka got a brilliant little uh, dribble that he he created for then um, to pass into Nketiah, who then set up Aubameyang for the goal. Yeah. Um, Jack, what did you think of the Southampton uh, game? And is it uh, two points dropped or is it a point gained? In our current circumstances and where we're at at the moment, I think, and as an Arsenal fan, and as a fan as anything, you shouldn't really celebrate a draw. You know, we always get taken, I think on Twitter as well, we always get sort of <laughs> taken the mick out of because we do celebrate silly results. Um, I think I think it is a point gained. I think in the situation we're in at the moment, I think it, it's a positive turn on the things, well, on, on, on the games that we've been losing. You know, we would have lost... You know, go back maybe a couple of weeks. We may have we may have lost that game, um, but yeah, I think it's a point gained rather than two points lost. I think the team played particularly. I think I think we um, we said had a lack of creativity against Burnley. We had that we had that edge over Southampton. I think before the sending off, I think if Gabriel didn't get the second book offense, I don't think I don't think we would have. I think we would have actually won that game. Um, as the sending off obviously changed the game, you know, we, we sat back and we went, we played for the draw rather than risking it all to, you know, potentially lose at the end of it. Um, but I was, I was impressed. I was impressed before the sending off. I think we had chances. Again, we, we created many chances, but it's just putting them in the back of the net. I think there was a Lacazette chance, you know, there was a chance, there was a potential own goal, which was saved. Um, so I was impressed with the way we played, but it's just, again, finishing those chances and just, putting those goals away we, we, we need to do that we need to improve on that desperately yeah massively and then I'd, I'd say a major positive from that game was Aubameyang getting on the score sheet again yeah. let's get his confidence back up Joel how, how important would you say that um, it was for Aubameyang to be scoring again um, I think we've seen it in, in such um, such clarity over the past sort of a few months in the sense of when Aubameyang's not firing on the score sheet Arsenal like so much so Arsenal have so few alternatives to get sort of goals. And I feel like the fact that this is a Bamiang's, I think, if I'm correct, second goal from open play this season in the Premier League. And that's a startling, startling fact. It speaks to the lack of creativity in the side. And it might speak to the lack of confidence of Bamiang. There's a, a few times where you've seen a snatch up chances, a few times where you're not seeing sort of maybe take on a player and beat him or beat him or sort of take shots when he, he's, he sort of needed to. I think there's a chance in the Burnley game, I think that came to him. And instead of sort of pulling the trigger, I think he passed on, um, I can't remember who it was to, um, he passed someone in the middle of the box and we're, we're looking at it. Well, fans are looking at it thinking, why is he not shooting there? Like, there's obviously something wrong. I feel like hopefully with the games that we've got coming up right now, if he can establish a rhythm or the fact that he's got a goal now, and he can get a link-up going with either Pepe or Saka to actually supply him with a steady stream of chances. I think it'll, he can't, it'll come into form at the right time when we need him because we've got a big set of games coming up and we can't afford to drop any lower on the table and drop any more points. And I feel like this is a make-or-break point in the season. It's nice to sort of have your captain and your lead on the score sheet. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, speaking on those um, massive games we've got coming up, uh, our next game that we have on Saturday at the half past five kickoff is Everton away. And straight after that, we've got Man City at home, Chelsea at home, and Brighton away before the new year. Um, how are you on the fixtures then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how, 
how important would you say it is to get three points at Everton, bearing in mind those massive games we've got straight after? I, I mean, it, it's, it is huge, but it's going to be a tough, tough ask. Um, in recent times, I mean, Everton had a blinding start. Ridiculous. Who, who would have thought it? Who would have thought they'd be up there? You know, compared to last season. You know, but in recent times, they've not hit the heights that they did at the beginning. Um, but the worrying is they've kept two clean sheets in a row, which compared to us not scoring goals is is yeah. not it's not um it's not great to look forward to. You know, it's it's not it's not looking promising. But hopefully, you know, we are gonna obviously gonna miss Gabriel and Granite Xhaka, but Abumang's back on the score sheet. Pepe's back. Arthur obviously is back against Southampton. Um, so Everton will be. I think Everton will be a test to see where we are, where we where we are at, and how we play, and how we can play against the uh, you know you know those those teams that will be competing for Champions League places. But the next run of fixtures are particularly not just important for our league position, but Arteta as well. I think these games he needs to try and bring the best out of the the squad that we have. Obviously, he has to wait until January to see if we can improve that. You know, there's been rumours of, you know, our potentially coming to um, come to the Emirates. So these next these next set of fixtures before the new year, before January, is you know hugely important for Arteta. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. I think yeah. it's it's intriguing because um, so I think today or this week marks exactly a year since Arteta has taken over, and uh, funnily enough, it was at Everton where he, uh, well, Emery was sacked and obviously you had Lundberg that take, took over in the interim period. And then by the time Arteta was officially sort of still the manager, we had that nil-nil uh, game at Goodison Park. And a lot has happened in that year, um, even thinking about, even bearing in mind the pandemic as well. And I think it's funny that we've come to this point a year on, if Ancelotti haven't taken charge at the same point or start, started his tenure at the same point as well. And if you had offered every Arsenal fan a nil-nil at kickoff, um, <laughs> literally a year on from that moment, we took that nil-nil at Goodison last year, we still take it. I think I'd bite your hand off for it as well. So I don't know whether um, you can point to that as how desperate the times have become on Arteta, or maybe just needing a result in a bit of a sticky spell. But I feel like that's what just sort of, I think it speaks volume to the sense of how Everton are fifth in the table, if I'm correct. Just one point off Leicester, um, two points off of uh, Tottenham, five points off of um, off of their rivals, um, Liverpool. And they seem to be going in the right direction. They've had a bit of a, a tough spell of results, but they've got two big wins, let's not forget, against um, Chelsea at home and Leicester away. And I feel like they'll be looking at Arsenal thinking, let's continue to run and make sure we get at least a point. So I would take a point. Um, against good at Goodison Park as well, with fans in the ground. Let's not forget. I feel like there's a lot on the cards for us as sort of fans to be worried about. But um, I don't know. I feel like it. Um, the fact that we've got a point at Southampton, the fact we didn't lose and we didn't make it five home losses in a, in a row, might give us confidence. I feel like it, it might be a turning point. And I see when we look and we say, you know what. With, every, with all the pressure that Southampton put on us, we didn't lose that game. So now has come and uh, put a run together where we can sort of just really sort of test what team spirit they have. And I reckon it will, for me, it will also come down to the select, selection as well. If Arteta gets the selection right, we might have a chance, more of a chance going into that game. Yeah, massively. Um, the big 
it makes a good headline, doesn't it? The clash of Ancelotti and Arteta, because I remember that last season when we played them at Goodison, they were both sat in the stands and they kept panning to both of them sat with their parties in the stand um, as they were about to take over watching this game. And it will be interesting to see a year on from there who's made the most progress with their team. I think on paper it's Ancelotti, but then you could say Arteta's won two trophies. He's taken Arsenal to play a brand of football. We're just going through a bad patch at the moment. Some of the big team news for Everton is that uh, Ancelotti came out today and said that Alan and Hamez are going to be injured for this game. I think that's massive. Yeah, uh, Gives us a massive chance because their midfield of... Hamez, Alan, and Decore has been working really well for him this season. They've also got Andre Gomez and Sigerson, which are going to pose really big threats, and they will probably pay, uh, play for them. Um, but at the same time, it really is a case of we've got to win that midfield battle. And whether that's a case of now that Shaq is suspended, still, I believe, who's going to come in? I believe that it will. Joe Willock might have a role to play. Danny Tobias will hopefully play. And I could probably see Elneny playing as well. Yeah. Um, but Jack, who do you think is going to uh, stake a claim to start in that midfield role? Oh, I hope Ceballos does. I think, <laughs> I yeah, said earlier, yeah, he's, he's our only sort of, you know, although he plays in that CDM role, he, you know, he can build it from the back. Whereas if we had Xhaka and on any player in there, we would be able to. Uh, I think it's important if, for Arteta to play Ceballos. He has performed as well, massively and, you know, admirably as well in previous um, previous fixtures but I think it's also it's difficult because Elneny has performed in, in Europe but when it's come to the league he's been a bit lack, lacklustre you know a few mediocre performances from himself I think Willock should be given a shot I think in Europa he has performed admirably as well um, and I think it's important as well to get that new generation of Arsenal players you know Starting a let you know some minutes in the Premier League, yeah. um, potentially starting as well. So I think I would like to see Sabios, and I think I would like to see I'd like to see Willock as well. But I think it, it may be safe against a uh, informed and you know experienced Everton side to maybe play on Nene instead of Willock for this game. Yeah, and a big talking point as to who will feature massively depends on the formation. Do we play that back five we've been playing yeah. with Saka in that left wing back kind of role? Um, or do we play uh, the 4 2 3 1, which works, um, has worked in previous games with Willock in that number 10 kind of role? Um, Joel, what formation do you think you'd go with? Um, it's a good question, actually. Uh, I think because Gabrielle is such a huge miss, I feel like if you're going against the Everton side, that uh, does have threats in Richarlison, in uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, let's not forget, uh, he's, he's been banging in goals for fun this season. I think he's got 11 in the league. What, do you match them man for man at the back? Do you go three, um, three at the back? But um, I'm curious as to who the third centre-back option is going to be for us because Gabriel's out and we're going to bring in, I reckon, Louise and Holding. I don't know if we're going to drop in Tierney into the back three. And then put maybe make the knives on the left hand side, uh, um, um, or Saka on the left hand side, and make the knives on the right hand side, and then Jack, um, Sabias, and then in the middle. Or do you play four at the back? It's a curious, curious conundrum. And in this case, I don't envy Mikel Arteta and his task, 
But I'd probably go for probably maybe four at the back. Louise and Holding, I trust them to sort of do a job for us in there. Hopefully, um, don't quote me on this. It could go awfully wrong by the time um, Saturday evening sort of commences. But um, I reckon four at the back. Yeah. Uh, play four three three. I reckon maybe um, in the sense of you play four at the back. Put uh, maybe Maitland-Niles right back, uh, Tierney left back, Sabios and Oneni as a double pivot. And um, you've just got to find someone to basically not be a 10, but someone as a third and shoulder that will sort of carry the ball. Maybe Willock, like uh, Jack Alulu, too, would be a good option. Yep. And then you'd have the front three. And the front three, I just do not want to see Willian or Lacazette on, that te- on those team sheets. I reckon, um, last, last thing for me, last little tip is that it's funny coming to Goodison and seeing Alex Wall be quite um, well. I'm happy to see him flourish at Everton, to be honest. I feel like he's. He's been sort of been made, yeah. He's been sort of been uh, made to sort of feel like he can kick on at Everton with at Goodison Park as well. And I feel like it's ironic where we have William playing on our right hand side, and I'll take it well being a heartbeat. So I think the sign of the times that we've replaced the Wobby, who I felt was quite hard done by our Arsenal, put William in, who I think has been under par, is putting it lightly, and that's why I feel like maybe Pepe and. Um, Pepe, Aubameyang and maybe Nketiah might be a better option than it would be to sort of put Lacazette and William in because they've been out of form and woeful and I don't reckon them coming into this will we'll do us any favours at all. Yeah, personally I'd like to see I'd like to see Reece Nelson on the left-hand side or uh, if Martinelli is fit, which I don't know if he will be, it'll be, it'll be great to see him on there. But Reece Nelson would be my choice on that left-hand side. Uh, just quickly, lads, predictions for the game? Oh. <laughs> Now you're asking. Uh, I don't want to say that we're going to lose, but the way things have gone and how strong Everton have been at the back and going forward as well. You know, as Joel said, Calvert-Lewin's joint joint top goal scorer of 11 goals, Richardson, you know, he banged one in last game against Leicester. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be tough for us. I think... As Joel said as well, I'd be happy with a point. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to say another 1-1, one, one, I think. Joel? Um, I, I feel inclined to agree. I feel like now Bamiyan's got a taste of the goals. I reckon he'll get another one on Goodison. Again, I'm, I'm, hopeful, I'm hopeful of that. And I reckon our best shot would be to be compact. So I reckon Arteta will do that on, on the weekend, get a result at Goodison. And it will bring us some momentum coming into a big game against City uh, in midweek. So I reckon he don't want he doesn't want a drubbing. So I reckon conservative one-one will do us all good, really. And I, I wouldn't complain at all. I could never predict an Arsenal loss or draw. So I'm going to say two-one to the Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, whatever you are, whatever you're having over there, Dan, I'd love to, literally have love to have some of that as well. Because to <laughs> to break a, a five-game winless run at Goodison Park. At high yeah. flying Everton, if that were to happen, boy, I'd be over the moon. I'd be over the moon. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, of course, man. That's that, that's that's what we hope. This is gonna kickstart the um the informal Arsenal, and let's let's hope we can get back to winning ways, lads. Um, <laughs> gonna talk about the discipline issues that we've been having at the club recently. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of red cards since Arteta's been appointed. Most recently, beginning with Pepe's headbutt, and then. Shaka got sent off for grabbing a player by the throat. Uh, in that game as well, I believe Elneny should have been sent off as well for he grabbed another player by the throat. 
And then Gabriel got sent off as well, which wasn't necessarily um, as malicious as, as the other two. Um, do we have a discipline issue at the club? I mean, if you look at stats, yeah. Um, we have, since our um, appointment, we've had seven, um, seven red cards since, which is four more than every other team in the league. So from that, I think we do. I think it goes back to Guanduzi. Um, that wasn't, Brighton, wasn't it? Yeah, that wasn't properly sorted out. You know, that was, you know, he wasn't, you know, he, he, he failed to apologise to the board and Arteta. Um, I think the way, obviously, Pepe, ridiculous, just not needed. So from that, yeah, we do. Um, but I think, you know, with Shaka, with, with since we've we've given this, we've given him some hope. You know, since Palace last season, yeah, we've given him that hope. We've given him that, you know, that ladder to climb back up. You know, to the heights that, you know, the respect that he had when he first joined. You know, Arsenal captain. You know, and now he's. It's almost like he's thrown it away. You know, with 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 that sending off, it's ridiculous. It, it, I can't remember who said it on, on BT Sport. He, he thinks he's um, he thinks by doing this and being aggressive that he's helping he's helping him out. You know, he's putting himself out there. He's like, it, it it just doesn't help whatsoever. So, yeah, I think we do have a discipline problem at Arsenal. Um, I've, with you know with Socrates as well coming out. Um, Arteta not playing him because um, he he um, didn't like the way Arteta was. Didn't like the way Arteta was. Um, you know, in training and uh, etc. So I think we don't we have we have an issue at the moment with discipline and how I think how Arteta's being treated as well, not only by the board and you know the financial support he's been given, but by the players as well. By some particular players, I think as you said earlier, Saka, Tierney, um, and you know the youngsters have have faith in Arteta and have respect towards him. But I think some of the senior players, you know, Xhaka and, you know, um, and, you know, some of the other, you know, um, Emery signings um, don't have the same respect as others do. So I think we do have a discipline problem at the moment, obviously seven red cards since Arteta's appointment. Um, I, I think there needs to be more respect towards Arteta and the work he's done so far. So, that needs to be clamped down, but I think it is. I think it is being clamped down. If you, see, if you look at the way Pepe was, Pepe, Pepe re responded to his sending off, apologising straight after. You know, having given be given that chance to revive his Arsenal career in Europa League, and you know, starting against Southampton. So, I think we do have a problem with discipline, but I think it just comes down to wanting it a little too much. Jack has obviously done this before as well. He had you mentioned the game against Palace last season. He ripped his shirt up at the end, went storming down the tunnel. We never heard anything. No. Uh, Guendouzi, similar situation. He uh, he grabbed Mope by the throat in that Brighton game. Never heard anything from him. But what I've noticed really interestingly is that Pepe, as soon as he done it, um, put out an apology, say I've let yeah. the team down. I've let my same team. With, um, same with Gabriel as well. Yeah, and Gabriel, it was yeah. literally about a couple of hours after the game finished, he came out. And you can see he was visibly distraught as well to some extent. Yeah. He got sent off. And Joel, do you read into that too much about the players not coming out and 
apologising on social media like Gwen Doozy and Shaka, or do you think that's an actual issue? Um, uh, to to a point, to a degree, I um, I I'd say that for example, coming out and apologising is is courtesy, but I feel like your actions speak louder than words. And Gwen Doozy, he has shown previous of uh, he had shown previous sorry of sort of moments of ill discipline and moments of sort of petulance, like from the Watford game where he sort of um, put the fingers up at the crowd. I think the two, yeah, yeah, I mean the two, one and the two, two and so on and so forth. Jacka, obviously um, we could write a whole book on Jacka uh, moments. Yeah, I mean, the, the word Jack, doing a Jacka, it will be become a phrase in Arsenal sort of um, vocabulary and jargon in the next sort of five to 10 years. <laughs> and I feel like, yeah, um, like Jack alluded to, I think you're seeing the fact that you're seeing the fact that you're we're having a lot of plays that are sort of being left like the residue of previous managers like Emery and Wenger, and I feel like the fact that Arteta hasn't been able to wholly construct his own squad, maybe in the way that uh, someone like Frank Lampard in Chelsea sort of having a lot of his own men on side in the sense of having the, the time to build a squad. And having that attitude uh, from top to bottom where everyone's on the same page, I don't think you're, you're having players like um, Socrates left out, Ozil left out, um, Saliba's not being able to get a game and he, oh, there's a bit of a sort of controversy over his um, post on Instagram. You're having reports about David Luiz falling out of Arteta. You're having reports about William and Lacazette apparently on the verge of... So William and David Luiz, I think, uh, from what I've been told about how they're their uh, relationship in the dressing room was strenuous. So um, I feel like in terms of discipline and mood of the club and how the traveling on the pitch, I feel like there's a lack of maturity, uh, I'd, I'd sort of maybe say. Not not in the sense of effort, but in the sense of street smart, in the sense of Jacko, you can't do what he did in the sense of putting a hand around someone's neck. I feel like he's trying to sort of play, give it the hard man, but without the actual footballing ability to back it up, if that makes any yeah. sense. Yeah. And I feel like Gabriel is obviously unfortunate, but I think these things come down to concentration. And hopefully there's a bit more sort of savviness that gets to be told to the other players where they can look at their mistakes and really sort of um, sort of um, work on them. But we'd only sort of be able to judge that in the next few years. We've got big games coming up. I think games where... We cannot afford to go down to 10 men in any of these games. I think at Everton against City, against Chelsea and against Brighton, I think we go down to 10 men in any of those games, we're going to get absolutely smashed. So it'll be that'll be a test of discipline. And I reckon the performance on, on Wednesday um, gives me hope that even with 10 men, we could still put out a decent performance. But I feel like discipline is a big, big thing. And it, it will be interesting to sort of see how that message is conveyed about how players should really keep their heads because it if it doesn't cost us if it didn't cost us um dramatically in that um Southampton game as it did in the Burnley game it will do if we keep sort of making this a habit yeah for sure out of the the next four games before the new year in the league Everton City Chelsea and Brighton as possible 12 points how many of those 12 points do we need to get obviously ideally all 12 but how many of those do you think realistically we should be aiming for? Jack, you want to go first? <laughs> so, what? Ever- have four games. Everton. Sorry, Everton away. Manchester yeah. City at home. Chelsea at home. Brighton away. Um, City's a cup game, though, to be fair. Yeah, I say City's a cup game. Carly oh, Cup. Okay. Cup final. My bad. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. 
So, so how, sorry, how did how's Everton, I, Chelsea, Brighton? I'd say, ah, what is, what, what's possible? What, what I expect us to get? What do you think we should be realistically aiming for? What we should be aiming for? Um, we should, uh, I think, a win at Brighton or win against Brighton. Sorry. Yeah. Um, definitely, we need to win that game. That is a. a if you're looking at, you know, we're Arsenal Football Club, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't be in the position we're in. We should be beating Brighton. No disrespect to Brighton, but, you know, with, with the team we have on paper, we should be beating Brighton. Against Chelsea, uh, I think maybe go there expecting a point. Definitely not expecting a win against the new informed Chelsea side like that. Um, you know, I mean, they lost to Everton. So, and I mean, Wolves. Yeah, and Wolves. So, I mean, we could be on the same page on, as, as Chelsea. So, you know, a point a point could be shared there. But against Everton, I'd say five points. I'd say five out of the nine. Oh, that's, that's, that'd be yeah. good. It'd be good mm. to go through that whole run on beaten. But for me, in terms of what I'd want, I'd want at least six points because two wins in that three, in the period of three games, it's, it, however which way they come, it, it would sort of speak to me that Arteta knows how to get a tune out of the squad and knows how to churn out results when things are going tough because this is a measure of his sort of resolve as a manager. It's probably the, fir- the, the toughest spell that he might ever face as an Arsenal manager. And um, obviously there's doubts over his future about whether his long-term future is, uh, is secure or Arsenal. I think it is. But... I reckon he does need to get a few wins from this sort of next few games. So I'd want six points, but I'd take four. It sounds very daft, but a win, a loss and a draw in those four games would not be a disgrace at all. But if we were to lose two of those games, I, I, I would feel like we'd we there wouldn't be any real call for optimism for me to feel like we could push on. Even if the performances are valiant, I think at this point now, we've got to bypass the performances and just look at results. That's all we've got to do now because of where we are. We've just got to get on a run, come hello high water where we can just get ourselves out of trouble and really propel ourselves out the table because this has been, I think off the top of my head, our worst league start since 1974. So we're making history for, history for all the wrong reasons now. So it's time to get results to sort of put some of these awful, awful stats to bed, really. 100%. Oh, sorry, I mean, I, I, as you said, Joel, um, as you said, it's important for Arteta to get the results, but I think it's important for us as fans. Yeah, it hasn't been going great. We haven't started strong, you know, but we need to keep that faith in Arteta and with the squad that we have. You know, you can see that, as you said, it's, it'll probably be the, the worst time he's ever had or ever will have at Arsenal, Arteta. But I think for, for the fans... And the players as well is to have faith in this current Arsenal setup that we have. Yeah, hopefully is this is the worst period we can go yeah. to. Hopefully we can go on to win many Champions League and Premier League titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One step at a time, Dan. One step at a time. Yeah, yeah of course. Sorry, sorry. That if I was to say, if I was to say one word on Arteta, I think uh, I feel like he has put his hands up for what has been a difficult period in terms of his selections and his sort of role in this. I don't think it's so he's solely to br- blame. I feel like as Arsenal fans would be very, very cross to blame, put let, put all of it on Arteta. But I think by the the his tactics 
from what we've seen on the pitch and his selections, team selections, in persisting with Jacka, Willian, um, Lacazette, and Bellerin, for example, these guys haven't been performing. Their performances have been quite underwhelming. So to persist with them, I think he's got to look at himself and feel like there's been times where results have come on the back of those players maybe not performing. So he's got to take some flack for that. But I'm hoping now, if that, if I could say anything um, going forward, that he can pick his men, the men that he knows that will get a performance from him. Do you know what I mean? I feel like this is the time for him not to sort of uh, base his um, play, base it on reputation, base it on output. If if Nketiah is going to be the man for you to play maybe ahead of Lacazette in this period of time, I, I want him to do that so that we can see what an Arsenal team fully committed and fully um, sort of on form will look like and how they will play. And I feel like if we could sort of see that for the next few games, it might be better to sort of see what we could or make from Arteta from here. Because I reckon if we stick to sort of think about what Arteta has been like from the past few weeks, then we're not going to do ourselves any favour as fans sort of um, hold him to, hold, you know I mean, hold bad results against him when he's sort of learnt from them and sort of been willing to change if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it's a massive, massive week, Christmas period, congested uh, fixtures, uh, lots of tired legs. We're going to see some, hopefully, Arsenal wins. Um, we're going to wrap it up there guys great to have you on cheers for coming um, please, make sure, please make sure to follow the podcast download the podcast uh, feel free to follow Arsenal Babble on Twitter at Arsenal Babble 1 and tell your friends about us send this podcast to all your Arsenal fans and please uh, keep coming back alright cheers guys cheers, thank best, you guys take care of yourselves Podcast Network.